This morning we're going to read from the Psalms, two different ones, Psalm 85, 6-13, and Psalm 37, 1-6. And let us listen carefully to the word of the Lord. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. Let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his steps away. Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday. Thank you, Mary. John D., will you come and help us light our second Advent candle? So today we, uh, we, are, we have the privilege of looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, and speaking of the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. The joy of knowing Jesus Christ. So if you would turn your Bibles to that page, I think it's 1165 in the Pew Bibles there, 1165. So if you don't have your Bible with you, the joy of knowing Christ. And follow along as I read. Can you hear me okay? Is it all right? All right. Turn it up a little bit. I can hear myself great. So. All right, so anyway, 11, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who, who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by spirit by the Spirit of God and glorify in Christ Jesus, and who put and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone, uh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, <clears throat> excuse me, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. 
Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For the sake, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Father, we come before you. We thank you for the opportunity. Lord, not only in the promise of your coming, but Lord, the promise of your redemption. God, the promise of your great rescue plan. Lord, that you saved us, that you brought us into your family. And Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to know Jesus Christ personally. God, we ask that you would open up our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to your word. God, speak to us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. To have no confidence in the flesh. Paul challenges us with, with this thought, uh, saying, you don't, need to, you don't need confidence in yourself for salvation because you can't save yourself. There is only one who already won the victory at the cross, and that is Jesus Christ. And so Paul is saying, put your confidence in Jesus Christ. Paul wants to make sure that the Philippians are living uh, in this confidence as well. As he says in verse 3, For we are the circumcision who, are, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So there's four pieces here in this verse that, uh, about your salvation. As believers, we are the true circumcision because we are found in Jesus Christ. We worship our Lord by the Spirit of God. We glorify in Jesus Christ. And we put no confidence in the flesh. That is, by human effort to attain God's acceptance. So how, how do we rejoice in the Lord? First, we need to know who you are. You need to know who you are, and you are the circumcision. Paul is calling the church, uh, the church at Philippi the circumcision. It's kind of like if people ask you, hey, where do you go to church? And you might say, uh, I go to TCOTC, that is the Church of the Circumcision. That's kind of awkward, isn't it? I mean, just, you know, just kidding aside, uh, it would seem really weird to say that. I go to the Church of the Circumcision. Uh, but it would be, uh, but is what Paul is calling the Church at Philippi. So why does he call the Church at Philippi the Church of the Circumcision? This is covenantal language. We are the circumcision. It is like saying that we are God's people. When you look at the covenant God made uh, to Abraham uh, uh, in, in uh, Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 17, he said this, uh, uh, and, and we are introduced to this idea of circumcision. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 10. 
It was a sign. It was, it was a symbol that we belong to God through salvation in Jesus Christ, that we belong to God. The Apostle Paul points out in Romans chapter 2, verse 22, I won't read it, but it says that circumcision was never about a medical procedure, but a matter of the heart, that our hearts needed to be circumcised. As believers, we now have a heart that is cut off from sin. We are set free and fully committed to God as those who are saved by grace through faith alone. We know, we know who we are when we recognize that we are in Christ, as we worship in the power of the Spirit that lives in us, we know that we are that we are uh, uh, that uh, sorry about that. Uh, we know that we uh, <clears throat> that we are who we are as we worship in the Spirit and find our fulfillment and joy in Jesus Christ. We know that we are that our fulfillment and joy are in Christ and are placed, and we have placed our trust in Jesus. So in other words, Paul says your confidence must be in Christ. Our confidence is not in ourselves. It really means that we trust, that we cannot trust ourselves. And uh, look at how Paul talks about this in verses 4 through about four through six says, although I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else uh, thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. He challenges you and I with a question. Who is more righteous than me? If anyone's birthright and life, uh, if, if anyone's birthright and life's work could save them, it would be Paul. And Paul knows that. He has the right credentials. But none of that matters for salvation, nor for yours. And kids, young people, adults, I just want to say, if you have grown up with Christian parents, that is not enough to save you from to save you, to give you eternal life. Just because your parents are Christians doesn't mean that you are. I just want to say that, just, just to challenge you. I, I remember, uh, you know, in college, I, I was uh, trying to share Jesus Christ, defend, defending my faith, and I realized that I was just doing a lousy job at doing that. I was trying to point someone to Jesus, and then I realized, after it was all done, that I, I was really struck with the, by the Holy Spirit, do you know me? Do you know me as your Lord and Savior? You know, I had gone through the, the sinner's prayer, you know, the admit, believe, accept. I had gone through all that. But, you know, I just want to say that, that uh, as, you know, the, in, the, in the ABCs, that the whole idea of committing, that I really had not committed my heart and life to Jesus Christ. And that was at the age of 20. I grew up you know, just going to church, being the person that I was supposed to be, and and serving, serving as I could. But I realized that, you know, did I really have Christ in my heart? Did I really know Jesus Christ? So before Paul's encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, 
Paul thought that he was good enough for God's acceptance. But in reality, his works were evil. And on the other hand, you might be thinking that you are too far gone for salvation. Then I just want you to know that you are exactly who Jesus came to save. He came to save those rejected by the religious society. In Luke chapter 5, the elite society, the religious society, complained to Jesus for hanging out with the worst kind of people, that is, sinners. They thought that he was making himself and his, and his reputation dirty. And Jesus replied to them, I am right where I am supposed to be. I came to save and to seek the lost. Paul would have been one of those mad at Jesus for hanging out with sinners. The irony is that his complaints and that his judgments expose him for his great need for Jesus Christ. So no matter how good or bad or indifferent you might be, this is what God says. Have no confidence in the flesh. Man's view of being good. The Pharisee prayed out this, God, I thank you that I am not like other people in Luke chapter 18. Man's view of goodness. There is no one righteous, no, not one, in Romans chapter 3, verse 11. Man's indifference towards God's. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And in verse 18, there is no one who seeks after God. Have only confidence in Christ. In verse 7, he goes on to say, But whatever gain I had, I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of their surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. As Terry prayed this morning, do we find joy in being found in Jesus Christ? Do you find, do you find joy? Knowing Jesus is better than, any, than everything. He is supreme. He is preeminent. He is surpassed. And he surpasses all other, all other things. Nothing comes close to, know, uh, to knowing him. Jesus is so much better that everything that Paul says, I count as lost, even of no worth. He compares all things as negative worth. It is rubbish. It is trash to him. Everything Paul gained, status, wealth, accomplishments, he counted everything as lost. Why? For the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. The things that we count that we count as gain in this world can be easily counted as lost because of the hope and the glory that we have in Christ Jesus. Why should you be concerned about wealth? Because of the joy of being found in Christ. Why should you not be concerned with how many friends you have? Because of the joy of being found in Christ. Why should you be concerned about how good your hobbies are? Because of the joy of being found in Christ. Why should you be, uh, be concerned about, with getting a promotion at work? Because of the joy of being found in Jesus Christ. Enjoying your life, enjoying my life, doing things with excellence is important. But our confidence and our joy, our fulfillment are not 
in whether we achieve, but, but in whether we have the righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul says, he suffered the loss of all things so that he could gain so that he could gain and be found in Jesus Christ, his Savior. As we come into the Advent season, this is, this is heaven for you. This is heaven for you and I on earth. Losing everything for the sake of Christ. John chapter 17, verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they know the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I just want to say this. Do you want to know Jesus Christ? Then believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, as it says in the book of Acts. Dedicate every molecule of your existence to knowing Christ and be satisfied for all eternity with him. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 73, 25 through 26, whom have I in heaven but you. There is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. This is true freedom. Knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior gives you and I reason to rejoice. Folks, as a saved person, watch, at, watch how the one who works in you to transform the way you love your family, the way you work at school, or the way that you do your job, the way that you serve others, the way that you encourage and build up instead of complain or grumble, the way that you store up treasure in heaven instead of accumulating worthless stuff on earth. Paul's confidence in his salvation is found in the work of Christ, as he says in verse 9, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ and righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that, I, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Folks, you are righteous because of God. We were reminded of this in, as the Apostle Paul is writing to the, the church at Corinthians. He says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 to 21, Therefore we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For your sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. You know, I just want to say, in growing up, growing up in the church, and I've said this before, that there are times that I just thought that I just needed to try harder, I just needed to be better, but it did not work. It did not work to try to gain God's approval. And you cannot gain it either. It is given to you by faith in Jesus Christ. For by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. At Eatonville, at, at Eatonville Baptist Church, we recognize that God's 
grace gives us the faith to be covered by the righteousness of Christ. If you are here today and you are not a Christian, God offers you eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. I just want to say this. Believe in Jesus as God, that he is God, that he lived a perfect life, that he died for your sins and for mine. And he rose again. Believe and you will be saved. Paul says that he wants to know him and the power of his resurrection. He wants to share in, the, in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, he may attain the resurrection of the dead. Folks, it is good to, it is a good reminder for us today. Jesus willingly, unfairly suffered and died for you and I, that we should be able, that we should be eager to suffer and to die for him. But not for nothing. Suffering is not just a bad news thing. Suffering and death are followed by a much greater joy, the resurrection into eternal life with the God of surpassing worth. And we need to be reminded of that as we come before uh, the table today, communion, and as we recognize communion, we recognize that God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. That he poured his right, Christ's righteousness into us and made us acceptable to God. If you believe on that, if you believe in that, then you will be saved. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For everyone who would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what, will it, or what shall a man give in return? For what shall a man give in return for his soul? Folks, I, I just want to say that at this time of the Advent season, know for sure, know for sure that you are a child of God. Know for sure that you know Jesus Christ. Because as you come to him, as we come before him in this time of communion, we identify with our need for his death, his sacrifice in order to be saved. In believing, we, we, we rejoice because we are in Christ. And I just want to encourage you, as, as, uh, as I was preparing this, I was just thinking of, of Paul's desire to know Christ. Is, that is his desire for you and I, that we would know Christ. And I just want you to listen to this song, and, and as, as we listen to it, it's, I want to know you. And just listen to this song as, as we hear it played out. <laughs>
Christ is the king of heaven. Amen? But is he the king of your soul? That's a question that you can only answer yourself to know Jesus Christ personally. There is great joy in knowing Christ. As we move into our time of communion, I just want you to know that participating in communion doesn't save you. doesn't make you saved. It, it is a symbol. It is a representative that, that you are identifying that Jesus Christ is the King of your soul. That we are testifying as a church that Jesus is King of your life. And I just want to encourage you, if, if you have not bent your heart to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then I invite you to do so even now. Just bow your heads with me. Father, we come before you. Lord, we recognize that you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, that you have done everything for us. God, that you have given us your very Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as a gift, as a sacrifice, Lord, on our behalf, so that we might be made right with you. God, we want to say thank you and we give you all the praise and the glory for doing such. And Lord, we ask that you would come before us as we, uh, Lord, identify with Christ's death on the cross. God, we ask that you would, uh, God, speak to our hearts. Lord, if there is someone here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, God, as this song says, I want to know you, Jesus, my Lord. Lord, let them open, invite them, God, receive them to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God, we thank you for your grace, which is poured out on us every single day. Lord, you bestow upon us Jesus Christ, and we want to say thank you for that. And God, we ask that as we go into this time now, Lord, we do thank you, God, for it, uh, for Jesus Christ, your son. Lord, for his death. And God, we, we recognize, Lord, that even Jesus has himself said, I will not partake of this cup again until I partake it in heaven, Father. And uh, God, we look forward to that day that we, that we, the believers, the church of the circumcision, the true circumcision, God will stand before you in heaven, that we will participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Father, we want to say thank you, God. Thank you for making us your family. God, thank you for calling us to yourself. And God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.